I'm going to catch a Jigglypuff live on this podcast right now. Here we go. Wait, where is it? <laughs> there we go. Oh, it's too far away. <gasps> There's a what? Molly, don't move. <laughs> is it on me? It's, uh, it's on the table in front of you. It's directly in front of you. Nice. You get it? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Here we go. That's the most valuable one to me. From Los Angeles, California, on the MTV Podcast Network, this is North Mollywood. I'm Alex Papadimus, sitting across the table from me, the rarest of all Pokemon. Molly Lambert. Pika Pika. I don't get that reference because here's the thing about me. Prior to age 39, I had no infer- like no experience with Pokemon you whatsoever. You missed Pokemon totally. I completely I was I was too cool, too old, too anything in that moment when it was all happening, when it was cards, when it was all that stuff, like any iteration of it. What el- what else? It was a TV show that I did not watch. I think I mostly came to it through uh, Super Smash Brothers, which had a lot of P- Pokemon characters as playable fighters. Wait, what's Super Smash Brothers? Super Smash Brothers. No, that I missed too. Is the greatest video game of all time. Mukta is a- also looking at me like I was just like, what's what's America? <laughs> what's like literally like, yeah, okay. Super Smash Brothers is uh, Mortal Kombat with all Nintendo characters. Oh, okay. So it's a fighting game, but it's like the cutest fighting game in the world. And one of your weapons is a flower that you can bonk people on the head with. Sure. Uh, and it had a lot of Pokemon characters. It is the greatest. They put out a new version every time there's a new Nintendo system. And I love it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And I love to play specifically as Jigglypuff. Um, before we go into full-on Pokemon Go land, I have one callback to last week's podcast about the Red Hot Chili Peppers that I wanted to bring up before I forget, which is that I investigated the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo. Oh, uh, okay. The asterisk, because we had been talking about <laughs> yes. what, what does the Red Hot Chili Peppers mandala mean, and I found out the answer. Go for it. Uh, it's know. called the Star of Infinity... Or the star of Affinity. Ah. Um, and also Anthony Kiedis once said that it was uh, an angel's butthole. Oh, so it was when I tweeted, like, because after we did that podcast, I texted you later that night with an epiphany that I had had. You texted me a picture of that because they've been stenciling it around town mm-hmm. to promote it. And so it's on, you see it on sidewalks and you just texted me a picture of the stenciled thing. And I texted you back Kurt Vonnegut's drawing of an asshole. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's what from that Breakfast is? Breakfast of Champions. Yes. And like, that was the, like, and I was like, whoa, I just suddenly had a, like a, a you know, sort of a. Kaiser Soze kind of moment, uh, <laughs> figuring that all out, putting it all together. Did you think about Anthony Kiedis reading Kurt Vonnegut? You know, you know that he did and has, and yes, all that. You know, you know that he's that that's one of one of his dudes. <laughs> Somehow, I just kind of suspect that about him. Well, Actually, I don't know. I think of him more as like a Brodigan kind of guy. <laughs> that you think he reads lots of books? Is <laughs> that's so maybe cute. Where it starts. Um, well, today we're going to talk about. Pokemon Go, nationwide phenomenon, uh, Alex Papadimus wide phenomenon, 
Pokemon Go. My housewide phenomenon. My house is full of uh, the the bat one. The what's one that's, that one called? The bat. It's the Q-bat or Zubat. <laughs> Zubat. Zubat. There's a great. If you like anybody who follows my wife on Instagram, there's a picture that I I took that she posted where it's basically her kind of like shaking her head with her, like just SMHing as I'm catching a Zubat over her head. <laughs> and her caption is scenes from a marriage, which is pretty accurate. And then we're going to talk about Kardashians a little bit, because we haven't talked about that yet on this podcast. And Alex is the Kardashian expert of all time. I'm one of them. There's there's so many. I feel eclipsed now. I feel like the, in the time since I started and stopped doing the Kardashians blog for my former employers, I was doing a Kardashians recap. And since that happened, I feel like so many people have just eclipsed me. In, in the field and we'll talk about we'll talk about my favorite uh, Kardashian studies we'll, we'll put you on to some some Kardashianologists some fellow Kardashianologists but for now first we're going to talk about some Zubats so I can't play Pokemon Go because my phone is too old oh, how are you how living? do I exist this is the first time I've actually thought about getting a new phone which everybody always tells me like get a new phone look at your phone it's trash um, and I'm <laughs> And I, this is like just a character trait of mine, which is that I like to hold on to electronics until they are just way past the point. What what gen is that? Um, it's an iPhone four. What? That's not even old. It's like the six now. Like, come on. Aren't there a million things that you can't do? Yeah, that? there are a million things I can't do, and I like it that way. <laughs> this is the first thing. Yeah, I I was the person who held on to my brick phone just forever. And who had a flip phone for just way longer than anyone else. StarTac. Yeah. I like to have like the duct tape phone, you know, that really is being held together by strings. I think it's because I hate phones is the main reason. And I don't want to have a better phone because then I'll use it more. And I was just very uh, reluctant to even get a smartphone at all because I was like, internet on your phone? What a horrible idea. You know? I mean, yeah, I guess like you sort of uniquely like don't need any more internet. Well, I just access. was like, I need times when I can't access the internet so that I can think about other things. And I liked having like the internet lives on my computer and my phone is just for phone calls. And now I can't do that anymore because that's not how anybody works. But I still fantasize about going back to a brick phone. And I was making jokes the other day about how I really want a jitterbug. <laughs> Which is like the, explain what that is because the I, jitterbug <laughs> is the senior citizen phone that they market in large format print magazines in the biggest type you've ever seen because they want and it's just like do you hate phones and they've got too many options and you just want to press a button to make a phone call like this phone is for you and then they market it also in other magazines like get your mom this phone. Does your mom not know how to use the phone and talking to her on a cell phone is like a horrible experience? Get her this phone. She can just press a button. And I'm like, that's me. I'm your mom who wants the giant numbers and no options but to just make phone calls. You need a kitchen phone from 1986 that is is wireless. Well, because I kept saying like, oh, well, you know, the only reason I really like having a phone is I like having a camera. My boyfriend was like, why don't you just get a camera? <laughs> like, you could have a phone and just also take photos on a... Like, I want to go to, like, 2004, maybe, is where technology was at its height for me. <laughs> was, you know, like, I have age. a cell phone, but the cell phone doesn't also take pictures. And then you have a digital camera. 
Oh, this is my idea, actually, is the 90s commune. All right. Where technology stops at the year 2000. It's like a Y2K commune where we just only have technology from the year 2000 and before. Okay, so you've got year 2000 before. So you do have you have you have DVD. Yeah. You're not on a VHS. It's not it's not barbarism. You do have some there's some things that are in, you know, it's slightly like higher that definition. It's like PBS like Victorian house show, but it's 90s house. It probably should just be an old real world house. Recommissioned an old real world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe the L.A. real world house. If that's still standing. I think it does. I think it's in Venice. Yeah, I feel like they were at the beach at one. But I feel like yeah. they walk out like they're. I, I feel like during the L.A. riots, they went to the beach. I have a very, I have a very distinct memory of uh, John Brennan and. Uh, He's Dom. the cowboy. Yeah, the Dahmer. The and cowboy John. and the Irish guy. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was very. It was a very village people year. <laughs> a lot of hats. Yeah, they just sort of. I remember them walking out to the beach in Venice and kind of just looking at the ocean and kind of having a moment. That being a. That, that, you know, that's how I remember the LA riots. <laughs> so happening? Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Um, I got into it. I basically, I was, I w- I was spending the day uh, with, with my daughter, and I was like, this will be fun. And uh, I... It, it, <laughs> like, this will be fun for me. I mean, this will be fun. Okay, yeah, there was a little bit. Of, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that, because at first it was like, I'm going to be the best dad ever because she likes technology and she's into, you know, she's at, like, science camp right now and she's learning, like, she made a plasma globe. Um, but, yeah, so we did. We had a day of, like, looking for Pokemon all over Los Angeles, basically, like, driving around, being like, oh, it's here. A uh, couple of weird things. Didn't see any other kids doing it, but like all in my neighborhood, all the hipsters out kind of sunbathing in the meadow and stuff, like were also like beating the bushes for Pokemon. She was the youngest person doing it by, a, by about two decades, <laughs> I would say. So we did all that. Super fun. Caught a bunch of Pokemon. We're actually going to like, we're, uh, I'm going to bring her back here because there are uh, near our office. Apparently there's a lot of Ira Madison who does speed dial here in this studio actually caught a Pikachu right at this table. I was making a lot of they live jokes because yes. it also has that thing of like, you can only see them through your phone, yes. but they're just there all the time, <laughs> but you need your like device to access them. Oh yeah. I really want like, now I'm kind of like, this is the next sort of medium that like, I want to like ma- master. I want to like make one of these games. I want to make a, they live game. I want to make some kind of a weird sort of like somebody needs to make an adult crazy sci-fi d- narrative that is like takes place within these phones. We should cut this out, and we will make it ourselves. But uh, that's been that's been the crazy part. But yes, the they live aspect where you're suddenly it's like you look up, and then there's something you know. It's 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 weird because they're these like very lovable. They're characters. cute. They're adorable. They're a little creepy to think that they're everywhere and you can't see them unless you look. Yeah, it's very much like I read the other day that the the person who invented the garden gnome believed that he would actually attract actual gnomes. That was the goal of the garden gnome at first. I don't know if that's uh, that may be a tall tale, but I like the idea. A short tale. He was uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Even gnomes started small. Uh, that he was trying to attract like uh, you know it was uh, it, like you know the Icelandic people who believe in the uh, in the fairies they're going to come you know the little elves that are going to come to your door yeah so you mean everyone who believes in that doesn't uh, yeah doesn't I, everyone I, I guess uh i yeah i keep thinking about also like at the end of the haunted mansion in disneyland when there yes. is the magic mirror that shows you the ghosts that get in in the doom buggy with you that um, is what this reminds me of a little bit too. Where you're like, you can only see them through the magic mirror, but they're there all the time. And then in the haunted mansion, they tell you like, oh, and they're just going to follow you out. 
That is my favorite thing about the Haunted Mansion and the thing that I found the most disturbing, but the thing that I always waited for in the yeah. Haunted Mansion. Like, it's creepy, but it was always my favorite part of that when it would turn around and you'd see that. Like, and it's just, like, it's so weird. It's like, we know so much about how, like, CGI works now and everything, but I'm still like, how did they do that? Like, that's, <laughs> well, that's because CGI is dumb, according to me, and practical effects are cool because they, you don't know how they do it. CGI, you're like, oh, it's CGI. They did it in a computer. Yeah. Um, something like whatever that is, Pepper's Ghost or something. You're like, oh, this is an illusion that's hundreds of years old. Totally good. Yeah. Totally still works on everybody. Done with mirrors. Somebody should go back. People should go back to doing it with mirrors. What if we just, oh, here's an idea. What if we did that with mirrors to make like a little Pikachu somewhere and freak everybody out? Oh, my God. If you could somehow make like Pokemon appear yeah. to the naked eye yeah. in the streets and people would be people would be like uh, uh, probably excited honestly there wouldn't even no one would freak out they'd just be like finally I can <laughs> get rid of this clunky apparatus that I use but no it's just it's just weird so many things like you know I guess that's what life is going to be like from now I'm, I'm 39 like everything from now on is going to be like sci-fi movies coming true and uh, you it's know it's been like that since smartphones though like yeah. I you know really reacted badly to the first time I hung out with people and they were just like looking down at their phones doing Instagram before I had Instagram because I still had a flip phone and I was like I'll oh, never right. be one of you oh you did take a while for that it's weird I forget yeah like, I remember now that like it was a long time before you showed up before the, I showed up on Instagram because I was like this is dumb I don't want to waste my life doing this and then I was like okay fine <laughs> what else am I doing my brother and I talk about this a lot about like mundane social media about how there should just be like an Instagram of just like all the boring things everyone does that aren't interesting to look at. Right. Not uh, a sunset. Yeah. Not a sunset. Just like, oh, I'm in traffic. <laughs> oh, here I am at work for eight hours. <laughs> like just really, you know, it's a slow TV of Instagram. Sure. Just like a live stream of me at my computer dicking around waiting to do my writing slow grams but for me it would be like there'd be a like you know some kind of a little worm there'd be a an e-cans on my computer because it's, they're they're just all over the place be an e, and, and, yeah. what is it called there's an e-cans is the snake oh i've seen the snake yeah that was the one i saw with emily yoshida because we went out pokemon hunting the other day yeah it was so, actually great i picked her up and then we just like did the night crawler of pokemon <laughs> hunting you know i drove her around and she just was like capturing them everywhere and then we went to the lotus festival which is like the culture festival in echo park and everybody was doing it there because in la too it's like you have to go to the place where you can walk around yes um, I can't even imagine what it's like in like a city like New York where everybody must just be walking around from place to place to all the Pokemon places. Yeah. We have There's, transit in between those. Well, yeah. And you sort of, the things come up like in the car and I'm definitely like, it's, it's really dangerous. Yeah. Like, it's super it's dangerous. Super dangerous. Like this is the thing. Do not, do not do this behind the wheel. I have to stop Everyone's myself doing it well i was also thinking to apple there's that thing about how apple's going to make it so your phone can't take photos and videos at concerts yes which is insane and fascist and another reason that i'm like maybe i don't want another iphone because screw them right your 04 phone could definitely <laughs> take some low res that's right video. that's right but um i was like if they really cared about safety or anything they would make it so your phone could only use the map when you're driving <laughs> but they obviously that's not the priority 
Well, it's just so dumb because it's like Waze, you know, has that thing where you can't, like, if you use Waze for directions. I hate Waze. But Waze, like, won't let you type in. It's like, wait, we see that you're in a moving car. Come on, dude. Like, you can't do it. But then you have the option. It's like you can be like, no, oh, no, I'm no. I'm a passenger. I'm a passenger. Oh, trust me. I am the, yes, I am the Don Draper of telling Waze that I'm a passenger. <laughs> like, I will just, I live that lie every time. Like, I'm like, I've never been a driver in the car. Waze just Waze. seemed insane to me because... Because it, it wants you to report things that you see on the road, which is super dangerous to do if you're driving. It's like, oh, and now there's an accident. Yeah. <laughs> Burn yeah. it all down. Burn it all. The technology is, is dangerous uh, and it is, is ruining everything. And speaking of technology and people who are very good at every new program, we wanted to talk about the Kardashians for a minute who uh, were very upset when they went to Cuba and couldn't use Snapchat. <laughs> we'll be right back with that. Welcome back to North Mollywood. It is Kardashian Corner with Kardashian expert Alex Papadimus. And Kardashian expert Molly Lambert. Yeah, but I, not, I, as, not as high level. I don't have a, a PhD in Kardashianology like you do. You kind of, I'm, you're sort of, you, you have a more broad understanding of the sort of the celebrity universe and of the tabloid universe, I feel like. I just bring the Calabasas heat. Yes, exactly. Anybody who's ever had a, a McMansion out there. You get that in a way that I, you know, I don't. The Kardashians were mine. They, that's the one thing that I picked to care about in the They're way. They're still you know. yours. Yeah. I, I started watching the show again so we could talk about it because I kind of checked out for a billion years from watching it. And this season is like the greatest season. Every season is better than the previous <laughs> season. And I don't say that about most shows. Generally speaking, it's crazy that they get more famous, more legitimately famous every season. Because if you watch the first season and the kind of publicity stuff they are doing compared to now, they are just totally real celebrities now. And Kanye, who said he wasn't going to be on the show, is on the show constantly now. Yes. He it started out like if you've not watched this show Kanye, it was almost like the movie Bowfinger, where they're trying to make the movie with Eddie Murphy in it without Eddie Murphy knowing they're making a movie around him. So he would be, Kanye would not be mic'd. He would generally not be looking at the camera, and it would be like they were capturing it from the other side but of the But they'd show room. the back of his head so you know that he really oh, yeah. and was d- there. Yeah, and he'd be at a party. Like There would be times when it would be unavoidable for him to be on that show. But the weird part is that, and, and we, you know, watching this, my wife and I at home all the time, like... Kanye's like legit he's like cheesing hard he's so happy to be with them like he loves having this family as a surrogate family like he comes off so likable on the show it's like the most normal you ever see him be just making jokes and yeah. talking about boring like planning yeah it's one of the reasons like apart from the fact that this is like a you know racist caricature like the reason why like crazy kanye with his rants on talk shows or whatever like that never has rung true to me and one of the big reasons it doesn't ring true to me is that like this you see this person like this is what this you know this is a very disarmed version of kanye is a very sort of human 
this feels like the core of him to me and that persona the talk show rant thing is like something that he's putting on that is demanded of him in those situations but like when he's hanging out you know and now he's like he's got plot lines almost like yeah. like, like this one was then the Iceland one is like very cobbled together it was very obviously not a big deal like that he was mad at Kim for not coming no to I don't shoot. I thought he was really mad he might there I, was because I mean, there was a part when she shows up like the plot of the episode this past week was that they go to Iceland to go to a video shoot that Kanye is doing but they also turn it into Courtney's birthday right it's a getaway for her birthday it's a getaway for her birthday and then they run late to the video shoot and it's the kind of thing that on a reality show seems very fake of like oh they made it so that they ran late so that there would be some kind of conflict yeah Uh, but then it seemed like they really did just plan too many things to do and show up late to the video shoot which is on top of a volcano in Iceland. (laughs) (laughs) They have to take like a terrifying tiny helicopter to get to the top of the volcano and they get there and Kanye is really pissed because Kim wasn't there to see him perform. And there's just like one shot of him just kind of like looking at the camera like get the hell out of here. Like he doesn't look at the camera and then he just like turns to the camera for one second and he looks like legitimately like I don't want this to be filmed right now. Because I, I am really mad. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it, you never know. I mean, that's the thing that's sort of interesting about it is that it's about you're watching people. I, I feel like you're watching people's genuine reaction to situations that are often engineered. But there are people who are better at it than others who are better at hiding their like, you know, they're being over it and they're being not excited about it. Like you, you can tell like I feel like, you know, I feel like Courtney's very genuine, actually, like because she's like you can tell when Courtney's Courtney's very genuine it. also because she's had the least work done to her face. <laughs> so it's easier to tell yes. what her emotions are because you can see them play out on her face in a way you can't with some of the other people on the show whose faces move in a very unnatural way. Yes, we were, t- we were talking about this on, on the site in the context of the MILF money video, that like Kim's whole thing now, Kim can't be filmed in a, increasingly she's not meant to be moving around. She needs to be yeah. a still frame. Well, there's that thing too of Instagram angles where I'm always like, oh, me and Kylie have the same Instagram angles. And then I'm like, or those are just everybody's angles. <laughs> Everyone looks good from like these three positions and then looks weird every every other way. Uh, but Kylie in particular bums me out because she's so young to have had as much plastic surgery as she seemingly has had. And her face looks really weird in motion as a result. It looks totally like good on Instagram and then really weird in real life, which is interesting, but also makes me bummed out. Yeah, no, it's it, it's tough. I did I did feel like when when Kylie was making her uh, short films on Snapchat when she was starting to do that when she first got really like like ambitious with her Snapchat, I felt like oh this is the, this is the one who's going to become the auteur of of the whole thing. Like Kendall Jenner will become a legitimate supermodel, and Kylie will become some kind of a, a weird sort of like the the Maya Darren of Calabasas or something. <laughs> and like I was, I think I was saying that partly because it made so many people angry when I would say it. But I I, I believe that for for a minute, and you know maybe, maybe I still do. I had to I, I had to detach from you want to talk about not being able to get into the apps. I had to t- detach from Snapchat. I couldn't stay up on it. Oh, I'm not I even. I didn't it. even wade into that pond. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother thing. Um, but yeah, this has been an amazing season of the Kardashians. 
Brody Lancaster wrote something for MTV News recently that I thought was really smart about how this show being it's now in direct competition with a bunch of Kardashian feeds. It used to be your only place. Basically, there was the tabloid photographs of them and there was the TV show. And now you're sort of in the, like there you are seeing things on the show that you have seen depicted on the Snapchat, on Instagram, like all of those things and all of those uh, other platforms are driving the plot. So a lot of this season has been about them reacting to all of the sort of purely social media based Rob and Black China story. Yeah, I've noticed this a lot on on multiple reality shows that a big plot line now is like the blogs put out this article and we have to prove that it's wrong. Yeah. Like the blogs are all saying such and such thing. Is it true? We have to find out in reality whether this story that we just read is actually happening with our brother, which is the weirdest. <laughs> and yet it makes, I mean, it makes sense. But like one of the big sort of points of contention, the big part of the, uh, one of the big fights that they have, like where it kind of flares up this season is that they find out over social media yes. they f- about that his, uh, about his engagement. And I think, no, her pregnancy, they, he tells he them tells about them. But her, their engagement, like they find out over social media and they're mad about it. And you see them reacting to it and it's it, it's real. It's like something that's, you know. It seems real. And they've also been all real bitchy this season about Black China and Rob, which feels both real and also like kind of something that they haven't really allowed us to see before. Like Kim's been real funny this season compared to normal. Yeah. she Because she's really shady, I think. And I think she hides that aspect usually from her public persona, but everybody who has met her in real life, I, you know, people say she's funny. Uh, and I think it's because she's maybe kind of mean. Yes, I think that maybe she's funny in a way that does not, like, cannot translate on the show that would be sort of unflattering in some but ways. But it, it works this season because yeah. they are all really mad at Rob and they let us see them be mad. And then the person who actually welcomes Black China into the family is Kylie who really kind of comes off as the moral center of the family sometimes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. As much as the plastic surgery makes her look like the fakest of them, she is in some ways she the realist. She is kind of down to earth. Yeah, she and, and Kendall both also don't have the baby voice, which I think is fascinating. I was making a joke about it, like that must have been the Robert Kardashian genes yes. because they both talk in a totally different voice than their sisters. <laughs> the baby voice is on the male chromosome yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I'm not a bi- I'm not a geneticist. I don't know how that works. Kendall and Kylie both kind of talk like this. They have these kind of <laughs> monotone low voices. And Kylie, uh, there was that weird part of the episode last week where Kylie was being like, hey, guys, I'm having all these anxiety attacks all the time because people are following me with cameras everywhere I go and I hate it. And instead of being like, yeah, that sucks. Maybe you don't want that in your life. Everyone's like, well... We all just find different ways to deal with it. (laughs) And they bring in Courtney, who's kind of the other least uh, fame hungry, seemingly the sort of the most normal seeming one. Uh, And Courtney's like, oh, yeah, me too. I I was not born for fame. I wasn't born for this. And Kim's like, I was. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's a self-awareness to them. And it's like, I think you're seeing more and more of it because they have to having to acknowledge the existence of a world outside of the created reality of the show so much more. I think you're just, things are just like, it's just slipping in. Like people are it's, it, like the mask has like kind of slipped in a, in a, in a cool way, in a way that I find interesting. Cause you are watching, I feel like you're watching genuineness. I mean, there's still a few things you can tell that there is a story about 
Lamar and Rob and like that whole situation. Lamar Odom, who's back in the mix on right. this, and in that this season. story is so depressing that it's kind of amazing they include it because it makes it like a different kind of show because there's no way to do that in a light, fun way. It's like, oh, Lamar almost died and now he's back in the family and he like needs the family to stabilize him. There is that sort of thing though that everybody, you know, they bring in the men who date them kind of like just fall in love with being in the family because it's like this very Brady Bunch family that everybody loves to be in where they're like oh we all have dinner on you know Sunday nights and we all like hang out at our family compound all the time and you can see that it's like very attractive yeah especially to Kanye and Scott and Lamar who all have trauma in their lives yeah I mean uh, so yeah Kanye lost his mom and I think like really sort of like around the time of like you know the very you know uh, his his Kardashian the intersected with the Kardashians like short not too long after uh, you know losing his mother and like I think that Chris has become like this mother figure to him but it's just weird in general yeah you say the Brady Bunch like it's, it's weird how these sort of family units that are always uh, sort of like attacked for destroying family values or whatever because I felt this way about the Jersey Shore people too. Oh yeah. That like they weirdly like they are much more you know much more like the Waltons than the Simpsons you know like they're much more like the, like it, like they all had Sunday dinner too and they all kind of like looked out for each other and like you know it, it was it's weirdly like those values do exist in a you know no, I'm into the nuclear alternative family kind of situation that you, that is kind of what every reality show is about in a way. That's yeah. also what I like about like Vanderpump Rules. It's like all these people who moved away from their families to come to Los Angeles and then they lean on each other instead. The character that I have weirdly found the most, I wouldn't say necessarily relatable because his situation is bizarre and You're going to say Scott. I'm going to say Scott. Everybody Man, loves Scott. I, I love Scott. He's a horrible person seemingly, but very funny and always sort of on point on the show. And he's the most, I, I, I find everybody else, I mean, Kanye separate, you know, set Kanye aside. You know, there's a, like the men in this orbit, like I think it's fascinating that it basically became, with the exception of Kanye, who's Kanye, and Corey Gamble, who's just sort of like just Along there. for the ride. Along for the ride. Absolutely just, you know, like. Just, That's Chris Jenner's boyfriend for people who aren't. Yeah. Strict Kardashianologists. Yeah, he's he's like they couldn't because it's a reality show, they couldn't just cast Hannibal Burris in that part. And so they have some guy who sort of like says like funny non sequiturial things and exists to enable Chris plots and drive her places and just be like boo you're working too hard and stuff and his like he's just like happy to be there uh but he's not really a factor there's nobody it's like it is a pure matriarchy in terms of like who is driving any of the story and all of those things but i find it interesting that they do and i'm sure this is because like she owns them lock stock and barrel in terms of their likeness and they can't this is their only job and then they have to you know like like chris probably is like i can't just you know let him go um but yeah, that Scott is still around and in the picture is fascinating because you are watching somebody dealing with the experience of having been in the circle and then being sort of kicked out and struggling with like, what is my life if I have given everything over to the Kardashians and then, you know, now I'm nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think now he's nothing is a very, <laughs> that's what's kind of interesting about him. It's a very dark plot line in a lot of ways. Both of his parents died very close together. 
and he kind of lost his lost his footing a little bit in life. Uh, but they also, yeah, they do this thing on the show where they pair people off in fun ways, where it is just like they've got this huge cast, and then they do like all these different two-person scenes. And so when they put like Scott and Lamar together, and the show because of they do this, it encourages you to think like, oh, what about that spinoff? Oh, what yeah. about Scott and Lamar do Vegas or whatever, <laughs> oh, which could man. just be the darkest thing of all. But they, you know, they they make the characters, you want to see them mix it up. And they do that all the time. They'll be like, and now Chloe and Scott are going on a horse riding adventure or something. And they have so many characters, they could constantly do that. And it kind of never gets old. Yeah. I mean, as much as like, I feel like there's been this season, the fact that Chris is always driving it and, and bringing these men back into their orbit and inviting them Chris to Jenner stuff. Chris is a genius. She's a genius and it's a pure heel turn on her part. And it's like, it is a weird unspoken thing where she's always like, hey, I think Lamar should come to dinner and like not telling Chloe and like all that stuff. As much as that drives me insane as I'm watching, I'm like, you asshole like don't you like you under don't you understand chloe's well, work so hard i love people who use sort of the the illusion of of being like matronly maternal <laughs> to be evil yeah <laughs> people that are like oh i just want to take care of everybody and also you're gonna do this for me and you're gonna do this for me and everything's gonna work out how i want it but i'm gonna get that result by being like really just seemingly nice to everybody right i'm taking care of everybody everybody. and orchestrating another season's worth of tension and drama and pain and suffering i want to plug by the way just we can't we we were talking off mic about how oj is our mascot and we need to maybe have an oj free show yeah um but But, if you are not this one apparently not this one i'm not going to talk about him specifically but if you are interested in the oj kardashians nexus I highly recommend the tiny letter, uh, Can I Live? by Catherine Nicholas, who's a writer from, I think, Virginia. It is brilliant. When I say sort of that I've been eclipsed as a Kardashiologist. Oh, that's who you're thinking of. This is one of the people that I'm thinking of. It's not just uh, Catherine, who I don't know, except from this. And this is brilliant. It's like sort of talking about... uh, basically Kim and Nicole and it's if you watch the OJ documentary and the OJ show and felt there was insufficient you talked about this Molly but if you felt there was insufficient sort of thinking about Nicole as a person and all that this is this has that and it's also Aeschylus is involved and all of those things and it's about basically the the like sort of symbolic murder and symbol you know the sort of symbolic torment of famous women and all of that and it's really really good i mean i also bring this up all the time in terms of greek tragedy and the kardashians that kanye getting involved with the kardashians after his mom died in a plastic surgery accident is crazy because it is like oh you yeah, you know, it's just it's it is a Greek tragedy. <laughs> yeah, it is it is that is a crazy detail that that this happens. This is the great American novel this, it this is. show. It is. And it's also fulfilling some weird need we have to have American royalty, which I don't understand because rich people are garbage and we should not worship them. But uh as a distraction from all the horrible things going on in real life, it's a good distraction. It's never been better. Thank you for listening. Catch them all. Catch them all with a K.
This episode of North Mollywood was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at MTV Podcasts, and subscribe to this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes.